0: up 24 is on a mission to empower advisors to deliver better financial futures for their clients. They're dedicated to customer service excellence and delivering innovative product solutions that create value for advisors and their clients. These are just some of the reasons why advisors rate them number one for overall satisfaction and why their managed portfolio solution has been rated best in market five years running. up 24 believes nothing happens in isolation. So they're working together with advisors, licensees, and industry leaders to leverage their data and technology expertise to help solve key challenges in the delivery of financial advice, so more Australians can access cost-effective advice. Welcome back to the XY Advisor Podcast. I'm Fraser Jack, and today I'm joined by Lisa Greensill. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure being here, Fraser.
0: Now, let's start with a little bit about you and what you're doing. Tell us about uh, what you're doing and what you're doing at the moment.
1: So, I help financial advisors to make over their marketing message and websites, and I do that using a little tool called StoryBrand.
0: Yeah, amazing. Uh, and is it just you in the business, or...?
1: It is just me in the business. I work with contractors to help me execute on the strategy.
0: Yep, wonderful. And uh, this wonderful word that we uh, hear every now and again called copy, uh, which uh, you know means words on a page or words on a website.
1: Yeah, it does. So that's really the messaging is, I guess, another way of saying copy. It's how you bring your ideas to life on the page, on you know on a website in your marketing material. And what I'm all about is helping that copy speak directly to advisors' dream clients so they can attract the right people to their business.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Now, tell us – let's go back in time. Tell us about uh, your journey. Where where did you start out and how did you end up here?
1: So, after doing the uni thing, business degree, I started out in marketing roles in the tech industry when it was uh, boom, which was heaps of fun – and worked in Australia and over in the UK, did the backpacking thing, the working backpacking thing in the UK, and enjoyed the tech industry. But to be honest, I never really um, felt like it was my place because I didn't really understand the mechanics of it because it was so technical. Uh, When I got back to Australia, I got a job at AMP and doing in the licensee in the Queensland branch. And that's where I got to help lots of financial advisors across Queensland with their marketing. And I, as soon as I got there, and it might sound a little bit lame, but I just felt like I just loved it. I felt like I was in my place. Uh, the advisors, all the advisors I got to work with were sold to the earth and um, I just enjoyed working with them. And it was through work at AMP that my now husband back then was just boyfriend uh, actually got advice from a financial planning practice, which, to be honest, we wouldn't be where we are today without that advice, And I, but I ended up working for that financial planning practice and they've gone on to be one of the biggest practices in AMP. and and that was um, incredibly fun and I learned a lot there. We ended up moving to the coast, had kids, and it was at that point that it was a bit hard to juggle the marketing role in a growing practice I decided to do my own thing and started freelancing and then have done did that for many many years in 2020 so the kids were sort of more grown up I had more headspace you know over those years as they were growing up I didn't really have a lot of headspace I was very reactive with work and in 2020 one of my clients actually introduced me to StoryBrand and I was, at, I was at this point, I was feeling a little lost in my career and I needed some direction because I thought like, the kids are older. It's now time. That's it. It's time for you, Lisa. It's time to invest in yourself. StoryBrand just sat, like, I just loved it straight away. So I went on and got certified. And then I've now gone on to launch a consulting business, which I did earlier this year. And it's been a whole lot um, more successful than I ever anticipated that it would be. So yeah, it, I feel like I'm incredibly blessed because I found my thing. It's taken me a long time to find it, but I found it, and um, and I just love it because it lights me up, and I and I see how it lights my clients up when they sort of see how it all starts working.
0: Brilliant! Yeah, that's a that's an amazing story, and what I love about that, Lisa, is that you actually got financial advice, and I, one of the one of the huge benefits of um, people that have had financial advice is they understand the the value that it adds to consumers and clients, and that ability to be able to say, "Well, actually, you know, I did this thing," rather than I just say something or you've actually lived it and experienced it.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely, and early on in our early on in our relationship, so Carl and I weren't even married then, and so it got us on the same page around money values. And like money's never been something that's caused friction because we're on the same page, we share the same values, but it was decisions back then that honestly we wouldn't be living where we live, living our life. We wouldn't have been able to buy the block of land to buy this, to build this house back then had we not had the advice. Yeah. So I do believe in what financial advisors do. Yeah.
0: Yep. Now, t- tell me about this excitement around StoryBrand. You you said you it was only 2020 when you uh discovered upon it. Uh t- tell us a little bit about StoryBrand, what it is, um and, you know, and obviously you went on to become a coach in it, but tell just, let's just start with the with the basic framework.
1: Yeah, so StoryBrand is a framework to help you build your marketing message and then go on to build your marketing collateral like your content and your website and For me, why I love it is because I'm a process person but also creative and to me it brings those two things together because it takes something creative like writing copy but it gives you a framework to do that. So the whole basis behind it is that people, our human brains are compelled to take action through story. So if you think about any kind of movie or book, there's – Always a similar type of um, way that that works. So there's always like a hero that wants to achieve something that encounters some problems. Usually someone helps them, comes along to help them. They make a plan and they go on to win the day, or maybe not, they go on to fail. And essentially, that's what the story brand framework is it's a filter to tap into the I guess look at your business through the eyes of your dream clients and identify those things, like the problems and aspirations of those clients. And I guess the biggest thing is that it's the client that's the hero, not the advisor, which is, I think, a big switch. Yes. And that's a big aha moment that you usually see. And I guess it really taps, like I heard watched a, a webinar with uh, Carl Richards and he talks about the advisors being the guide, and so it just works so perfectly in financial advice world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and having been through and 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 I actually didn't read the book, but I got the audio book and listened to it about four times. Um, it's just such a such a great uh, a great piece of content. Now you mentioned there's a hero, there's often a villain, and there's a mentor and a guide or or an oracle or whatever whatever we want to call them. In every single story, I just want to take this back to the you know the first word story um, out of the story brand conversation because story mm-hmm. and brand, and, and we introduced the the, the, the advisor's brand um, into this, but take us back through that journey um, that you mentioned where uh, a lot of stories are based on. And, and again, we can go back through many different famous movies or, or great books or great stories, uh, and we'll be able to see this pattern. Take us through that pattern.
1: Yeah, so if we look at a typical story, and I'm going to do this um, – as the actual seven-part framework so you can see how it works. So, the seven-part framework, always the story brand seven-part framework starts with a character. So, for advisors, that character is the client and they want to achieve something. So, in a movie, that would be the main character of the story. So, you know, in a Bond movie, that's James Bond.
0: Yeah. So, this is generally the, the, the main character of a movie or a story uh, and then and and being set out in, in, in any particular story, there is a like this person is at this position and they want to get to this or, or do something or achieve or overcome something.
1: Yeah, they want to achieve something and it's it's pretty much how every single story movie book starts is always a main character. So it's always thinking who is that main character. So there's a bit of a piece before doing this which I can talk about later, and that is identifying who your dream clients actually are which is the piece that StoryBand doesn't quite do. So once you've done that and you know who your dream clients are, the people you really want to attract to your business, you then identify what are they trying to achieve? And this one is actually probably the one of the hardest. So sometimes you can, when you're developing this framework, you might come back to this because the next bit is actually the bit that the problems. So this character has something they want to achieve and there's always barriers, challenges, Problems getting in their way to achieve that. So, if we take that for a financial advisor, it's identifying what are the problems that people are having as it relates to financial advice. So, this is, you know, once you start getting advisors talking, this is where the real gold is because this is where, and they start off with broad, usually with broad sayings, and then they get, I'm like, really, what's their problem? They're worrying that they're not going to be able to help their kids buy a house, they're, or they're worried their kids won't afford to buy the house. They don't. They they don't know how much they're going to need to retire. They are supporting their kids, so they don't have much cash flow. Like, there's always you need to be specific about those problems.
0: Yeah. And when you mention that, you say the word worried. Is it often a, an emotion? Is is it like you know that my problem is an emotional problem, or is it often a, a tangible?
1: So both. So there's sort of it breaks up into external problems. So the actual problem and how does that problem make you feel? So it's like what's the problem? The kids aren't going to be able to afford to buy a house because the housing market's too expensive. How does that make you feel? That makes you feel worried or our money's all over the place. We've got no plan, no structure. How does that make you feel? Overwhelmed. So yeah. it's like the problem, and there's an external problem, and then there's a internal problem. How that makes you feel?
0: Yeah, I think uh, there's the understanding that both of those things are important, but you add them together, and, and they make up a, you know, the whole.
1: Yeah, and they help you visualize. Like I think the big, uh, like this whole process helps you create a visual picture in your mind, and it seems so obvious when you get to the end of it and you see it on page, and you go, oh. That seems so obvious, but, and I guess because I do it all the time, it seems so obvious, but when you see the aha moments with advisors, it's like very rewarding.
0: Excellent. So that's the first part of it, to, to understand who, who they are, who the dream clients are, uh, and then understanding that they're the hero of this particular journey or story that we're about to tell, uh, and then looking at what their those pain points are, the, the emotional and the internal and external problems.
1: Yeah, that's right. And then, the then comes along the guide so this guide and there's two parts to that the guide can empathize with the character's problems and main things like you know empathize we understand that you know the Australian super system is complicated complicated complex and then that's At that point where they can then show their authority as to why they're the right people to help them solve their problems and help them achieve what they want to achieve. But that is really the little part and we call that authority. It's, you know, that's the part where, you know, you talk about your experience, your expertise, you have your logos around rewards and things like that. That's really the only part of this where you talk about yourself. So that's a big shift because I guess when you go to a lot of advisors' websites, it's very much about them why we're so amazing to help you, why we're the whereas you need to flip it. It needs to pretty much be all about the client.
0: It's a really interesting part, isn't it? From uh, if if something is about me, then I'm much more likely to engage with it. Like I'm thinking about a website here. If it's if it's kind of just referring to me all the time, I'm I kind of feel like I have a bit more you no know, like and trust to this site than I do if just if it's talking about something else.
1: Yeah, well I guess as humans, as much as we don't like to admit it, we're inherently selfish, right? So we want to know and we're getting bombarded with thousands of messages a day. So we want to know, and this is story brand language, but how businesses or services can help us survive and thrive. So how how are businesses going to help me make my life better, easier, make me more money? And you need to tell them that, as quickly as possible because they need to conserve calories doing that. Because we just don't have time to process and guess and you know, work out cryptic messaging. Like it's you just got to be really clear. Like literally punch people in the face with what you're trying to say and how you help them. And if you think about it and you think about yourself, when you go, you know, you our intention span's so small as well. Like you you need to grab people's attention really quickly. And it is yep. all about tell them how you can make them survive and thrive and do it in the quickest way possible to help them conserve calories.
0: Yeah, I love the way you say uh, save conserve calories because you're right. It, you know, thinking takes a lot of uh, energy.
1: Yeah, it totally does. And it's also like you don't have time to kind of try to work things out. Like if, if uh, you know, in a lot of cases, advisors do get their businesses based on referrals. So, but I would say... You know, anytime I'm referred to someone, there's this is what I do. I go and Google them, check out their Google reviews, and, uh, and then I will go on their website. And I'm super judgy, so if they've got a crappy website, I'll judge their business on that. Just like I would judge if their office looked sloppy, messy, dated. It's sort of this. It's it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the website is definitely the the first point of contact before people uh, reach out and say hello. So I'm assuming, uh, obviously, here in the scenario, here we're talking about the advisor being the oracle or the guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you mentioned, there is, a, you know, you need to show empathy but also show authority. Is there anything else the the advisor needs to do in that space?
1: This is where they could also use things like case studies, testimonials, uh, things that show, you know, authentic way. Of, they're really authentic ways of demonstrating their authority, but things like the awards, and, you know, ex- that's really a place to talk about the experience, number of years they've been in the industry. But case studies, testimony, at the very least, testimonials, because I know sometimes case studies, if you just, you know, they're a bit hard, they're a bit more juicy to create, but testimonials that are authentic testimonials yep. always help.
0: So that's uh, very much around the who, who, who are we? Um, yes. And, you know, what have we done before? But what about the how, how do we actually help?
1: Yeah, so that's where we introduce, uh, in that story as well, you can talk about how you help, but also what I missed talking about there was also the why. I think that it's really important that you get your why you do what you do in that when you're trying to build your authority because I think people want to understand why you got into doing financial advice in the first place. And if there's a story to tell behind that, that always helps to build connection. But in terms of what they do, what you need to do is make it easy for people to see how easy it is to work with you. So that's where the guide gives them a plan. So I'm just referring back to the story brand seven-part framework here. So at this point, the character has problems, the guide comes along, tells them, we understand, we empathize, we're the right people to help you. And this is how we're going to do it. And this isn't where you show your entire end-to-end Process. This is where you break it up into three, maximum four steps. How do people engage with your business? And that's literally, what's the first thing people need to do to engage with your business? And don't make it confusing. Like in terms of a website, it's, you know, schedule a call, book a zone meeting. Like what's the first thing people have to do to engage with you? Make it obvious, don't make it what and use it throughout the site. So people know, if I want to work with you. This is what I do. The next thing is, Tell them what you're going to do, wrap up everything you do, which is hard, you know, and put it into the next step, which, you know, for a, for a financial advisor, it's usually we make a plan and create a strategy. And then the third yep. one is what is the outcome of doing all this? So, you know, it's like you can enjoy life without having to worry about your money. So it's kind of wrapped up the entire process and sort of in it's it simplified it a lot, but it still created a visual picture in the client's mind. And if you put an entire process, like I know, and and you can, if you really want to on your about page, but say on your homepage and you put that entire like process, people just could, if they're new to financial advice, it could scare them away.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because when I think about, Nice three easy step process. We 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 sit with you, we get all, you know, we get to know you, then we go and way and we create strategies and, and, and make recommendations and then we put all that in place and then we help you manage it ongoing. It might be like that simple that's a simple thing. But then if we simplify it too much, is there a concern in some of the people that you work with head that oh, if it's so simple, can I charge a lot of money for it?
1: No, I don't I don't find that because behind This. I mean, this is a this is a marketing tool to help people engage with you. So then once they engage with the business, that's where they demonstrate their value. So really what you're doing in a marketing perspective is piquing people's interest. It's at that awareness stage and it's building enough trust and authority that people will go on to contact you. So then you can, you know, prove your value there.
0: Yeah. We're understanding that where we are in the in the cycle of purchasing or the cycle of decision making. Uh, we're really at their very first part where we were going, oh, yeah, know, it's easy for me to keep going. It's, it, there is no hurdles or obstacles in the way. I don't have to think too much. It's very simple and clear.
1: That's exactly right. Like this isn't going to be hard and it's what we're trying to do is get people to contact us. That's the whole thing. I mean, because that's the first part of, you know, once you get an advisor on the phone, that's where they're going to engage with people at a more personal level. But this is trying to get them to take action to contact you.
0: Um, just trying to work out where we're up to on in the brand uh, framework. so we've 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 introduced ourselves as the guide, or sorry, the advisors have introduced themselves as the guide, uh, and and you know shown that empathy, shown that authority, show them that they have a plan to to get the the hero, which is the client, uh, where they need to be, what's after that.
1: So after that is we call them to action. So this goes back to, and look, I keep bringing it back to the website because I think that's the easiest way to talk about it and for people to visualise. Uh, visualize what we're talking about is so there's two call to actions there's the direct call to action so that's the what's the one thing you want ultimately want people to do and that's that schedule a call book a zoom meeting if it's a course that you've created you know it's enroll in the course Uh, but also some people might not be ready to do that so they're looking for a little bit more validation so that's where we introduce in story brand talk the transitional call to action which is like you know, your lead generating PDF, like your, you know, the checklist or an ebook around, you know, one advisor I worked with, he's, he's done a cash flow playbook, which talks about his signature f- cash flow framework and, and teaches people about that. And it could be a quiz or it's just something that gets people a little bit closer to contacting you, helps you build trust and authority, and it gives people some other buy-in. And helps you to still stay top of mind.
0: Yep. So the tra- a transitional call to action is just a, a, a one step closer.
1: It is. So with that transitional call to action, the best way to do it is to have that transitional call to action. So like the ebook, the checklist, and then after that, a nurture email yep. campaign. So you can still stay in their inbox and continue to educate, build trust. Like it's not a. It's. It's really about trying to be familiar, get, you know, get them to get to know you in a non-salesy way to ultimately get them to take action and do that direct call to action, which would be scheduling a call.
0: Yeah, Yeah. No, I like the non-salesy way, uh, point of view, just continually adding a little bit more value, a little bit more value here and there and, and keeping people. I think that no like trust always comes in, you know, that can, and, that, and that trust can be built over consistency of just delivering small, beneficial pieces, whether it be a podcast or a newsletter or something, something, something um, ongoing.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like anything like the webinars or podcasts or anything that help that you're using as your main, you know, way to establish your authority. That's your way to get people on your list. So, from a marketing perspective, you're getting them on your email list. And just a note on that, generally like for people to give away their email address, it's like them giving away $10. So, it has to be valuable, like it's no point being just something up there for the sake of it. Um, I like to do things that advisors can actually use in their business. So things like checklists, things that they can use also in their client experience. So then it's got a double whammy. So like self-evaluation tools, those type of things to help. I just created one with a client and um, it's called a no regrets checklist because he does sort of head and heart financial planning and it helps People, and, and it helps you kind of show the breadth and depth of your services in a non-salesy way and helps people see where they need help Yeah, in a non-salesy way.
0: Well, um, amazing. Now, what's the difference between the trans- transitional uh, mm-hmm. call to action and more of a direct call to action?
1: Yeah, so the transitional one is the lead magnet or that thing that people give their email address away for. And the direct is they're actually taking that step to book in your appointment or it might you know they might have contacted your office that's the direct call to action that is going to get you in front of them
0: yeah so should they have both of those options available ideally or is it just, yes yeah so, so if somebody wants least, to go direct yeah
1: yeah the, sorry uh, at the very least the direct call to action so if they're You know, and uh, something that advisors can do straight away after listening to this podcast is go to their website and see is it clear what the next step is. And, you know, contact details are fine and everything like that, but taking control of your diary is something that is, you know, game-changing for your business. So if you can get people to actually lock-in times, that's even better than them just calling your office and, you know, randomly, but just make it really clear what do we want, what action do we want you to take next
0: yeah so there might be a um, you might have a calendly link or something to a book a 15 minute phone call on your website that that goes directly into your diary
1: absolutely that look that's the absolute perfect and that's what i have on my website and most of the advisors that i've worked with this year have on their websites
0: yep because that might be that's obviously the first step in their process um, one uh, okay so so we've, we've got the call to action what's after that
1: so then they work with you and you, you know, do all your amazing stuff with them, you help them, you build their plan, you give them clarity, you give them direction. So what does that result in? It's either going to, so if they work with you, what is what does that look like? What does success look like? So you talk about then, you know, what, what does life look like once you've worked with us? But then you also want to define, so I'm doing, I'm actually moving my hands here because I'm looking up to define success and then down is like what terrible things could happen if you don't work with us so you know for a planner that works in the retirement space it could be well you run out of money you gray divorce you know you end up divorced because you arguing about money and it's really getting down to the not trying to and and try to be as specific as possible and this is why this is why if you before you do this process identify your dream clients this is a whole lot more effective because the clearer and Uh, you can be, and it's more specific, you can be the easier it's going to be to connect with people through your marketing, because it'll speak directly to them. And they'll feel like they're part of the story. It sort of draws them in. You know, when you go to a website and you feel, and you go, oh yeah, they get me. This is, they're the perfect fit for me. So we want them to self identify. So when they come to your website, you want them to self identify as your client. They get me. I get them. This is gonna work.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a it's a really great way of looking at self-identified. I just want to go back to this um, this outcomes-based directional conversations where you're saying, okay, so there's two direct, you, you maybe your fork in the road or that sort of thing where you, if you do work with us, you could end up like this. If you don't work with us, you may end up like that. That that's the direction now that you need to take. Do you want to take the the blue pill or the red pill? Do you want to take the yeah, the, that's left, it. the left fork or the right fork? These are the, these are, this is where that, this is where they end up.
1: Yeah. Which door do you want to go through? So, if you know, if you, it's trying to create that picture as well. And you try not, you don't really focus too much on the doom and gloom, but it's, it, you need to identify it there because people do need to, um, people are generally more reactive to um, doom, like doing things to avoid failure. People don't want to fail at things. So, they'll generally do things to avoid failure even more than success.
0: Yeah. This is a wonderful motivational technique. I I see it's like yeah, you oh you don't want to you, you don't want to be bankrupt oh and you do want to be really well off okay yeah. great so it's kind of like that that you don't and you do and and some people will be motivated away from being in a negative position more so even just to get them moving uh, and then and then eventually you want them to be heading towards a positive but sometimes people are inf- influenced by the positive as well.
1: That's right. So that's why you look at, um, you identify both and use that in your messaging, and it becomes really effective even when you're going, you know, beyond what I do with clients. But if you're going to write a blog post, you can write it just on a failure or just on a success. So you've got your framework done. You've got this kind of on a page. It's the basics of your messaging, and then you can use that to create so many pieces of your marketing material beyond your website.
0: Yeah. Now, I really like the self-identify as a client comment too. I think it's a very simple way to to, to visualise it. Um, now, you mentioned before uh, understanding your dream clients and how, how do you go about that with people?
1: So I've introduced a step in my process and it's called the Brand Spark. So it's a workshop I do with clients to find out as much as I can about their business, their why, because I really, really like to understand their why and it's interesting because quite a number of advisors that I've done this with this year come in a little, like they come in and they're quite, I guess, um, disillusioned by the industry, a bit kind of worn out by everything that's happened. But once you go through and you ask them their why, and I've kind of got goosebumps here because you just see their eyes light up and it's like they remember why they got into this in the first place and why they do it and why they still you know work through all the challenges. But what I also do, and this is where they really get excited, is we really dig deep into their dream clients. So I usually get advisors to do three and, and it's not just broad. So usually they start off broad. Oh, they're between 40 and 60. I'm like, no, I want you to identify and I want to be able to build a picture in my mind of an actual person. So I think who is your best client? If you could replicate them over and over and again, I want you to tell me about them And so, then we go through and we identify, you know, the demographics and then we go through like that sort of stuff. And then we go through and we talk about their personality traits. Then we go through and talk about their goals and aspirations, not only as they relate to money, but just in life in general, because I just want to understand who are these people and then what are the problems they're trying to overcome. And generally on this, I use a whiteboard, online whiteboard, and usually the problems, we have so many problems, which I get so excited about because if they've got lots of problems, We've got lots to work with. And then we look at, like I, I basically look at, do you, the story brand framework that I'm not, they're not aware of it, but I'm getting them to identify. Okay, so what does success look like if they work with you? And what does failure look like? And what I'm trying to do here is get things in their words because I understand financial advice. So I I know generally, but it's so interesting because I've done this with so many advisors this year and all, all of them are different. And so what that means is I can get their authentic words and the way they say things and the way they would be talking to their clients to then use that in their messaging strategy and on their websites. So it's digging deep into those dream clients and so then what you end up with is I have a really clear picture because then I you, the way when you ever you create marketing or anything you you should write it to one person. So what I'm trying to do is then with those create this, you know, one person that we're trying to speak to. So yep. they feel like they're part of the story.
0: I love I love the one person uh, avatar. Give it, give it a name, give it a yeah. person, give it a personality so you can absolutely relate to it. And I love the way you you mentioned that when you're working with advisors, you're looking for their words um, to provide that authenticity when a client walks into the office, they they go, Oh, I recognize that from the language on the website?
1: I'm glad you said that because it's true. It's no point having, I mean, you go to lots of advisors and they might look fancy and wonderful. They've got all these moving things and they sound super corporate. And then they walk into the office and they're not, they're really like laid back and humble and they're, they cloak colloquial in their language and, and it's it's a mismatch. So, what you want to feel like is when that person, by the time that person takes that action to contact you, they feel like they already know you and yeah. there's no surprises.
0: Yep. And uh, you're right. There are a lot of uh, you mentioned the word "corporate." There are a lot of um, "corporate." Uh, I think um, a lot of people think that their, their website, that pro- the professional sounding or the professional, you know, text is the way to go to start with. And of course, that's that's probably the worst thing they can do.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you just need to be authentic. And it's not even about. And I think, and I used to get caught up on this, so I totally get it. You know, trying to use fancy words to look impressive it's not about that. It's actually being, it's actually being clear, just clear. Because if you confuse, you lose. And that's just something we say in like story brand land, you just, it needs to just be clear. It doesn't need to be cute or clever. Like you, people don't have time to decipher cute and clever messages. Like it needs to just, what do we do? How do we do it? How are you going to make my life better?
0: Now the other thing is too is um, that I see with this is the length of the information that's on there. Often there is just so much information on websites, and, and uh, you know they're filled with long paragraphs of text. Tell us about the, the the amount of information and the length of.
1: Yeah, so it's clutter. So I'm a minimalist. I'm a minimalist at home. So like you see my office. People come into my house and go, "Where's your stuff?" But I can't deal with clutter. It hurts my head. So it's the same that goes for a website. Only have on there the stuff that really speaks to your clients. Break it up into sections. People scan your site. So, a little tip is the story you should be able to tell your story just with the headings, right? So, because people, I mean, I pain over every single word of a financial advisor's website, the chances of anyone other than them and, you know, maybe a couple of clients reading every single word are slim, but there will be people that are going to read bits and pieces of it. So it has to tell the story in sections. So the first step is make, you know, your headings, do your headings, tell a story. So even like instead of saying what's the next step, don't waste that heading saying that. Make that like something else that's more engaging, that tells your story. Break it up into sections, use things like icons. Um, I think another really important thing is to use images of yourself, your team. And I love some advisors' websites, and I don't have any at the moment. But I know that there's some in the XY advisor world that do that have client pictures. So you know that's even better. It's you know stock photos are fine. You know, make sure if you do use them that they're not cheesy and um, that they were thought out and that they are ref- like they reflect the qualities that you've talked about with your in when building your dream client profiles. But look, I I just think authentic photos, get rid of the clutter, lots of white space. And there doesn't need, if you want to, like the thing is with the main pages of the website, you want to tell the story about your why and how and who. And then you can use your blog to demonstrate your authority as opposed to in the content pages of your website.
0: Yep. Nice. Wait, Wait until they go looking for it. That's right. I, I like the idea of treating it like a minimalist type scenario, and uh, yeah less is more. definitely. Um, and I, I love the way you say, don't waste space. don't waste any space in a heading with uh, too many words.
1: Yeah, don't like just try to say things with the least amount of words possible, which actually sounds easier. It's actually harder than it sounds. like trying to yes. say things in the least amount of words can be quite tricky. And I guess that's why you get people yeah. like me to help. but
0: What's the saying? Don't uh, sorry. Sorry, it took so, so many words or a long paragraph to explain this. I didn't have time to make it shorter.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of that that quote. It, yeah, it's something like that, and it's so true because yeah. if you try to, it's like you can brain dump easily and come up with lots of words, but then let's try to make it as succinct as possible. It's even just yeah. like going through, get someone else to look at what words could we take out. But yeah. the big tip is people scan websites, so make it easy for them to be drawn into the story even through like through things like the headings and like broken up into sections so you know if where you can break it up into you know three steps you know if you're talking about the value like the website's broken up story beyond the story brand 7 part framework they've got a website framework yep. and so you know with that with the value proposition break it up into three main values yep which is sort of a success, the three, what's the main, the three main successes.
0: Yep. Now, what are some of the mistakes you see um, advisors making?
1: Yeah. So I guess their websites are cluttered, full of industry jargon, financial terms, and they speak to everybody. Well, which basically means they speak to nobody. So it's just written to a really broad audience. So you'll, you know, had a brand spark with someone and, and, going to their website, I thought they basically dealt with everyone. Turns out they actually just dealt with retirees. So their website should have, you know, and it will soon because we're working on it. But basically, yeah, that's the main thing. They're cluttered. They're not reflective. They're not reflecting the business. There's no images of the business. There's this. All these businesses are amazing and their websites just don't seem to reflect that. The yeah. other thing is... I see advisors waste money on random acts of marketing or, you know, the latest shiny object and it's, it's, trust me, I have major shiny object syndrome and have spent hours distracted looking at the latest email tool or, you know, social media scheduler or course platform. The thing is and that, all that stuff is great but you need to have the foundation in place. Because otherwise, what's the point in driving traffic to your website? And, you know, you see people, I had a client come to me and like, we've been spending money on Google ads and social media marketing. It's not working. So the reason is, is because when people were landing on their website, it wasn't reflecting what they actually did or who they actually were helping. So yeah. you need to get that right first. You need to get, your, and it, it's the strategy. And I guess, and it's like advisors, they have a strategy behind help, what they do for their clients. It's the same with marketing. You need a strategy. You can't manage your money without a strategy. It's the same with marketing. You just can't get success out of your marketing without the strategy and the foundation in place, which, you know, is if you look at it, the message strategy and the website is really the centre of the marketing universe today.
0: Yep. Centre of the marketing universe. I love it. I love the random acts of uh, marketing too. I think I'm pretty guilty of that, random acts of LinkedIn posting. Uh
1: Um, it can work work for people, but um, the experience that I've seen is that it doesn't, and it just means that they're wasting money. They get really frustrated and they're not getting the results that they want.
0: Yeah. And I resonate with the, uh, speak to one person, not to everybody. I think in the past I was saying something the other day that, uh, you know, the location used to be the niche, you know, like, Oh, we were in this location in this suburb, uh, used to be the niche, and now with, um, with websites becoming the shop front. It's not about where you are in necessarily. It's about exactly the niche is more around the, the person, not the location.
1: Correct. And I guess it's it. But today with technology, it you don't really have to be the local financial advisor. Although, even if you are, and there's still advisors. It, look, people still like to work with people that are local. So, it's, but it's still really important that your website reflects exactly what you do. So, this advisor that I was working with, he is a local advisor. Just wants to work with local people but he really wants to work with retirees his website didn't reflect that so how many people was he missing out on that went to the website and went well they're not really the right fit because they're not actually they don't actually specialize so it's just it really the website whether you're an on providing online advice or local advice it's still an online shop front that needs to reflect your business
0: yep Are there any other um, mistakes you see advisors make?
1: I'd say the biggest one is the the broad audience side of things is just speaking to a broad audience. And I guess it, I guess because I live and breathe it every day, it seems obvious to me, but advisors are technical and they're, you know, really, they understand the technical side of things in their business, but what happens is I call it the curse of knowledge. So... They're, you're so close to your business that it makes it really hard to actually in simple terms say what you do. So yeah. this is kind of I talk about helping advisors overcome the curse of knowledge because it's kind of tapping all that brilliance out of their brain and then simplifying it. It's actually really hard for you to do that yourself.
0: Yeah, it's the same way as if an advisor is explaining a, a strategy or a, or a product to somebody and, and they go into all the detail and, then, and completely lose people.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I I didn't even think of that, but they could use, they could actually use a story brand framework to, when they're explaining advice, because at the end of the day, their advice is helping people solve a problem.
0: Yeah, there's a, now there's a whole new episode we can get into. Yeah, Um, uh, when you. When you mentioned earlier that you're a certified story brand coach, what does that mean?
1: So there's, um, across the world, there's a few hundred certified StoryBrand guides that we were we did intensive training with the team, the StoryBrand team in the US. So I did it virtually because it was during coronavirus, and did that with Donald Miller, JJ Cooler. So if anyone knows about StoryBrand that's listening to this, they will know who those people are. So Donald Miller is the person that started StoryBrand. So we did intensive training to become certified and we've got ongoing training resources and we're licensed to use the framework. So technically other marketing people aren't licensed to use the framework. They certainly probably do use it because every, pretty much every marketing person I speak to is aware of StoryBrand and say so they use it with their clients but they're not licensed to use it to the level that I use it with clients.
0: Yep. And uh, and so tell us a little bit about that, how you work with financial advisors.
1: Okay, so I mentioned the brand spark. So the brand spark is the first part of my process. So that's the workshop where we find out about their business, their dream clients, and I work out, you know, where we can position them. So the strategy and I provide them with the seven-part framework for their marketing message. That can stand alone. Like people can just do the brand spark on its own. As part of that, I'll also identify, you know, what are the next steps to take this message strategy and bring it to life on your website through a transitional call to action, so a lead magnet and nurture emails. And then I, I've got packages on my website as to where they might fall into. So then I basically bring their message to life through on their website, lead magnet, nurture email. So then they've got the foundation in place to for everything else they wanna do in marketing going
0: forward. Yeah, and then that's a process probably, they've already got a website, which is just then updating the, the copy on it.
1: Yeah, so that's, um, I've got different services. So one of the services is if you've got an existing website or you've got an existing web developer, then I can help you, you know, rejig the wording on your website.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of more more like a, not just a teaching, but a doing. It's definitely
1: execution as well, which is what, um, you know, I've got a client in Canada and he said he'd worked with coaches before but they didn't execute. So I execute, that's my background, and I basically try to take everything off the advisor's plate and make it happen and then what they end up with is, you know, a website they're proud of that works for them, not against them, which I think, I mean, it's hard to measure a website working against you, but if you look at your website and think if someone's referred to me and they land on this website, is it representing me the best way possible? And if it's not, then it needs work because it's really, yeah. it should be selling for you 24-7.
0: Yeah, you're pushing into a headwind, I guess, if it's not working for you. That's right. Um, so what, how does your business evolve from here? Like, what, um, what are your plans for the future? Are you looking at growing or...? Are you still going to be? Uh, yeah,
1: I'm same size. going to continue being predominantly me because I just want to work with uh, a small number of clients on um, in on intensive pro- projects. So I'm my projects now are going to be sort of an intensive model. So advisors will get you know my service. I work with one client at a time, and so in a mu- you know, under a month, they'll have all of this done. So, you know, we don't go back and forth. I'm building some, you know, really efficient processes in the background in conjunction with another coaching course, um, another coach I'm working with. So the process is really efficient for advisors. I want to do more brand sparks with advisors, whether they move on to projects, because I really believe that's where they get aha moments and it just gives them a lot of clarity around who they are, why they do what they do, and the clients they want to work with. And I just, I did one yesterday and it just, I love it. It energises me. I can see so much value in that process. Yeah, I've got bigger plans for myself in the long term. You know, I'd like to, you know, for more people to, advisors across the globe to recognise how StoryBrand can help them because it really, it is sort of the secret sauce I think for advisors it it works for any industry but I just think for these industries where there's so much knowledge in their brains it really helps to overcome that and simplify their message because money if if you look at really what they do like money there's very few things in our life that control what we do than money so money is so emotional and if more advisors in the world can help people get control of their money, then I think that I know there would be less stress, less divorce. It's like a bigger thing than you know, just their website. Like what they do is they make incredible difference to people's lives because it all comes back to money, regardless of whether retirement planners or millennial planners. If people can have control of their money. Have direction and clarity, it, it honestly changes their life.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Uh, how can people get hold of you uh, if they wanted to continue the conversation?
1: So, you can jump online to lisagreensill.com yes. and should, uh, book a Zoom chat. So, and then from there, we can, I'm um, taking bookings for Brand Sparks for next year.
0: Wonderful. And were those brain uh, brand sparks, I want to call it? Well, I was going to say Brain Spark then, but <laughs> Brand Spark. Uh, is that uh, is that individual or are you doing group sessions? Of those
1: at the moment they're just individual, but that is a really good question that is may come up, uh, maybe something I look at doing in the future. But at the moment, they are individual, and yep. I mostly work with financial planners with one to three planners, just because I believe well, it's it's it just seems to be where um, there needs seems to be need of most help. And yep. I find it's um, – you can build a really authentic voice for a practice of that size.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, and giving us a great little lesson in what we can be doing with our websites. Uh, and I really hope some people reach out to you and, and uh, take this a little bit further. I'd love to see uh, the majority – there's plenty of websites out there that uh, from financial advisors that you look at, and they're all in corporate speak, and they, as we sort of mentioned before, they're creating headwinds for um, – advisors just just by by being there thank you so much really appreciate it
1: thanks fraser thanks for the opportunity to chat